Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 189 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. With the winter solstice just around the corner, it's time to flesh out some of those plans and get them down on paper. Consolidation in some areas, growth in others, it's an exciting time for this bee farmer. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast again. I'm sat in the office looking out at some very chilly weather today. It's rather dull and grey and temperatures have dropped to low single figures, currently around 3 or 4 degrees Celsius, so I guess that's about 36 degrees Fahrenheit. I popped out yesterday to check on the allotments apiary and my goodness it felt cold, mainly because I was tired, but the wind was really whipping up the hill all the way up the allotments and straight down the back of my bee suit, or at least that's how it felt. Luckily, the hives are protected on all sides in this little grassy area, and a really nice little hedge line stops those chilly gusts from hitting the colonies square on. It's the apiary with mainly commercial beehives. There are a couple of national nukes that are overwintering with them, but for the most part, it's all the old commercial colonies that actually started off the year at this site, travelled to the borage, and then returned here for the autumn and winter layover, hopefully ready for a fast start again in the spring. As we head quickly towards the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, it always feels like a turning point for me, a point in the year that although we have a lot of cold winter days ahead of us still, the days will gradually lengthen and spring will eventually take control once more. December the 21st is that day, a time to look forward to Christmas and the new year and a time to either start or continue planning for the new season and a chance of course to look back at how things have been over this last season. As I mentioned last week, my planning for the new season is at the forefront of my mind right now. I have a lot of plates spinning as usual and need to really restrict or consolidate what's going on as I just don't have time for everything. And as a result, a lot of things that I'm doing don't get the time that they really need or deserve. I suspect that a lot of new or developing beekeeping businesses go through the same process of growing pains and it always seems the money has to go out of the door before you see anything coming back in return. This year is going to be no different but it's all very exciting for us and decisions have been made and plans put in place. It's all very well and good making plans but they have got to be realistic and with that in mind I've made some very hard choices to streamline what I'm doing and to save me time for the most important of my plans. 
My commitment to all of my Patreon supporters is top of the list as far as I'm concerned. Although it's a slow part of the year, we do have lots more to share. And as we head into the new year and new season, the videos, podcasts and coaching sessions will continue. And I'm pleased to have a growing community of beekeepers that we can help and support. Closely following that commitment is our focus on honey production. We are at least trying to act like bee farmers, so we may as well attempt to make some honey like bee farmers do. This summer season just gone was very encouraging. I've spoken to a lot of beekeepers who felt that they had a fairly poor season, yet with our virgin migratory trip to the pumpkins and borage, we were very pleased with the return that we made on the time and effort of travelling to these pollination sites. Just pausing to look back at the year, we did put ourselves somewhat under pressure with the move to the borage. It wasn't really anyone's fault, I don't think. Obviously, I take full responsibility for the decisions that were made, but I think it all worked out quite well in the end. The main pressure point came because I decided that we should try and sell some nukes in the spring. There was absolutely no problem with this decision because at the point we hadn't been asked to take any bees on their summer working holiday. So I happily sold off a hatful of overwintered nucleus colonies only to then be asked to help with the pollination job. Not something I was ever going to turn down, but it was a real stretch trying to fill boxes with bees and at the same time hope for a honey crop. This is where I remind myself that I can't expect the bees to work miracles, although I'm sure you'll agree little miracles seem to happen in our beehives almost every week. But with colonies now split into nuke-sized groups, there was no way we were ever going to maximise a honey crop from that job. So we helped a lot of new beekeepers get started last spring with the nukes that we sold, but we paid the price in not having strong colonies to take to the borage and pumpkins because I then split those colonies to make the numbers back up. That in turn created another challenge in that we took every last colony except the top bar hive to the borage, leaving nothing behind for any kind of queen rearing. Hence, I bought in a large quantity of queens, some of which we sold. For the most part, I thought these queens were pretty good. When you buy in a large number of open-mated queens, I guess you have to expect a little bit of a mixed bag, and that's what we got, really. I would say, though, that I haven't seen anything to convince me that I can't produce my own queens with the same vigour and calm characteristics, just a lack of time and bees. That's going to change next year, but more of that later. Getting back to the plan... I can't keep going on as I am with so many baskets and not enough eggs to put in them. Too many irons in the fire and not enough fire. I'm not sure that this is working, but bear with me. Hopefully you'll get what I mean. Trying to do too many things at once and I'm not doing anything as well as I would like to. So with the two main focus points decided, I'm going to shut down some of the other projects I've been attempting to run. The online shop selling equipment is to go. Sadly, the Provap manufacturer has run into trouble with components, I think, and can't give me any timescale for the production to restart. So, despite these units being really good, I'm not going to be selling them anymore. The Honeypaw kit can be obtained from Paul at Modern Beekeeping, so I'd rather support him than struggle to fulfil orders that come in via my website when we're really busy with the bees. That really only leaves the microscopes from Brunel Microscopes. And again, 
when we get busy, I just don't want to delay getting orders out. So we'll also be redirecting beekeepers to the Brunel Microscopes website for all of their beekeeping microscopy needs. The good news is we will still continue to sell nukes and maybe a few spare queens that we raise from our own stock. So just a simplified three things for me to focus on and thank goodness for that as we're going to get really busy next year. Patreon support, honey and bees. I really like the sound of that. Let me share some more details of my plans for next year. I'm excited about it but it is going to need a whole lot of planning and hard work through the next three or four months to make sure we have everything in place. Obviously, we'll continue with the videos and podcast for Patreon, a little slower with videos through the winter, but ramping up again as the start of the season nears and we get back into the hives once more. The whole beekeeping thing stitches together with one part of the business intertwined with the others, so we need to make sure we keep those plates spinning or the entire house of cards may come tumbling down. Don't worry, I'm nearing the end of my metaphors list for this week. This is the point at which I wish I'd studied English a little harder at school. I think they're metaphors. Anyway, whatever they are, I think you get my meaning. Let's time travel forward to this time next year. I intend having overwintered nukes for sale. In order to do this, I need to raise queens and make splits to stock those nuke boxes. As long as they're available, we'll continue to use the BS Honeybees 2-in-1 nukes as they're really nice and compact and very versatile. So let's imagine I have 40 national nukes for sale next winter. Nothing crazy, just 40 nukes. I'm going to need 40 times 6 frames to fill those boxes. That's 240 frames. What worked really well for us this year was the use of the national brood boxes as honey boxes. Although they were quite heavy to lift, the bees did draw out the comb nicely and we were able to use those frames in the nukes that are now overwintering this year. That means, allowing for perhaps a few mishaps, I'll probably need around 300 frames of drawn comb. That's around 25 to 30 national brood boxes to use as honey boxes. Oh, and frames with foundation to go in them. Pete's under instruction to dig out as many of these boxes as possible over at the workshop so we can see exactly what we have. Queens for these nukes are going to be one of the main time-consuming projects of the year and we'll need quite a bit of additional planning when we get closer to the time, sometime in late spring, obviously once the drones are out and about. And I intend to use the BS Honey 2-in-1 nuke boxes split into three-frame configuration so we can raise two queens per box. We've done that before and it worked really well. These will also need drawn frames, but I have some national colonies hunkering down for the winter already, and these can be used to help build the numbers here. Although we won't be producing massive numbers of queens, we will need to provide adequate resources to develop nice healthy queens, so I mustn't scrimp on that project. I'm also developing a new system of queen rearing with Pete using the honey pour hives, and once we've ironed out the various creases we're bound to encounter, I'll share more of this with you. With the queen rearing organised, I'll need to turn my attention to honey production. We had a really nice late spring crop from the oilseed rape this last season, but my main focus for next year is the summer crop, the borage and the pumpkins, and with some very busy days to look forward to. Why? 
Well, because word of mouth is a fantastic thing, as long as you do a half-decent job, of course. But we've been contacted by another farmer who has asked us to pollinate their crop of borage, and so we now find ourselves needing to expand further into the honey business. To the extent that, I'm planning to increase to something like 200 to 250 colonies by the end of next summer. To facilitate this, and knowing I can't split my bees too far without suffering a dramatic loss in production, I've committed to buying in a number of new colonies from another bee farmer. These are in Langstroth hives, which will perfectly suit the honeypore system that we currently employ. The plan with these bees is to take ownership in the early spring of next year, around March or April, and split them on the oilseed rape flow, building them up into full-size colonies ready for the summer pollination jobs. That will give me a total of new colonies somewhere in the region of around 80 thereabouts. That should be enough for the new pollination job. So far so good, but it's never quite that straightforward, is it? It all seems so simple on paper, but I'm sure there will be many a challenge as we start the ball rolling. I imagine one of the biggest challenges I'll face is the movement of all these colonies. Hence, I've got a new trailer. Well, not yet. I pick it up at the weekend. Did I mention the new trailer last week? I'm not sure that I did. It's a whopper. It measures 16 feet by 7 feet and should hold a large number of hives to take to the borage and hopefully bring a decent honey crop back. It has a weight rating of three and a half tonnes. So once the weight of the trailer is taken off, I think I can get close on two and a bit tonnes in one journey. Exciting times if I get that much of a crop. The thing about beekeepers is that they're generally an optimistic bunch looking forward. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, of course, but next season is going to be a big one and I'm feeling pretty excited about it. In my normal, doesn't sound very excited kind of way. So, to summarise, the plan is to expand the number of colonies by double, at least, use national brood boxes for honey production in order to produce drawn comb to feed into the BS honeybees two-in-one nuke boxes so that we can overwinter those colonies for next winter and hopefully take a massive crop of honey and everyone will be happy. I hope your planning is moving along nicely and that you're as enthusiastic and optimistic for next season as I feel. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.